A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia. Have you heard of this condition called tinnitus? Do you know a lot of people with tinnitus actually also suffering from insomnia? So what is it? What can we do about it? Today, we have audiologist Dr. Lila Sapston. She can share with us her expertise about how to manage tinnitus and help us sleep better. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Ishan. Welcome, Dr. Sepstein, to Deep Into Sleep Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. This is such an important topic. <laughs> uh, I know. So <laughs> I'm really excited to have you because you are the first audiologist on my show talking about your expertise and your field, how that relates to sleep health. So do you want to introduce yourself to our audience first? Absolutely. I'm Dr. Lilach Saperstein. I'm an audiologist and I am the host of the All About Audiology podcast. So I represent the field, I think, <laughs> in many ways. I talk about it a lot and I'm very passionate about the field. Audiologists are hearing and balance experts. Um, we in the United States, you need a doctorate in order to practice a doctorate of audiology. And um, what we do is we help people with anything related to their ear, which includes their hearing and their balance. And some people, their only experience with audiology is maybe having a hearing test, maybe someone in their family or themselves needs a hearing aid, and that's all they know about what audiologists do, but actually it's much broader. It also includes processing and how we understand what we hear. It also includes tinnitus, which we're going to be talking a lot about today, ringing in the ears and working with people throughout the lifespan from babies all the way to our oldest patients. <laughs> wow. So before meeting you, actually, I definitely feel like a limit of my knowledge. I don't know exactly what audiologist could can cover and how that can help our day-to-day -day life. But sounds like there's quite a big field you are in. Yes, absolutely. And it's one of those interesting things where you really only know it when you need it. It's not so common that everyone knows about audiology, but if it comes up in your life or someone in your family, then you become very well aware <laughs> of the need for an audiologist and how the audiologist is an important part of a team together with the ear, nose and throat doctor and together with other special specialists, depending on what's going on. Um, audiologists work in schools with children and in hospitals, in private practice and in industry, doing research, lots of different fields. And we're even podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I think more people really need to know what you are doing and how to find the right help when they need the help. Because I, I would imagine if we don't know what you can do when we really need the resource, we may not even think about it. I think that's exactly right. So passionate about spreading awareness about it because even sleep, 
you know, not everyone knows there are sleep specialists that that is, you know, something that people get sleep studies until you hear about it. It's not, you know, so common, like everybody knows dentistry. We all need dentists, you know, it's right. very different, these kind of fields. And yeah, it's a big part of patient advocacy and education. Yeah, definitely. So I'm really curious when you talk about sleep and hearing, I only like based on my own clinical experience, I hear most there are two different ways how sound hearing impact people the most. Some people tend to be very sensitive to sound, to any noise. Mm -hmm. um, so they complain at night, any little sound may wake them up and cause frustration. So disturb their sleep. And the other um, population I often encountered is the uh, tinnitus you talk about when they hear this, like uh, they constantly have some ringing in their ear day to night and that really interrupt their sleep a lot. So I'm wondering in your practice, in your knowledge, have you noticed anything how um, hearing or your work related to sleep health? So we have to start by understanding that the ears are always on, not like the eyes, we can close them and then we're not receiving visual information. Um, but the ears, we don't close them. The way that we're processing the sound changes. What our brain does with the input is different when we sleep. So for people who have very sensitive, uh, they wake up from sleep, from sounds, and they don't sleep so soundly, um, it's, it's usually not a hearing situation, but it's something about how they're overall functioning how their overall processing, their global processing is filtering out sounds. And that could be from lots and lots of things. It could be side effects for medications. Um, it could be due to trauma, PTSD, where there's just a hypervigilance. And that's in the brain, in the nervous system, not in the ear. But people will be quick to just blame it on the ear and say, <laughs> it's only the, the end. So the ears are like the door that brings it in, but then you got to go inside and see what else is going on. And again, that's why our interdisciplinary team is so important that there should be, you know, you do need to check the ears and see maybe there is something specifically in the outer, middle or inner ear, but also in the nerve and the whole pathway up to the cortex, which is one of the fascinating things that I, I'm in awe of how our system works, all the body systems, but this one I know a lot. <laughs> so we cross over from right to left and then back again. So there's all this redundancy of when we hear, when we listen. Um, so in that sense, I think people need to look at it in a more holistic way when there is that kind of light sleep and I'm sure stress affects it as well, how much you're attending. Um, and then for the second thing you mentioned about the tinnitus, well, tinnitus is one of those things that kind of has a big question mark around it. And there aren't so many clear, clear answers that we could say, A, B, C, next. <laughs> it's not clear. It's very, very individualized. And every person experiences tinnitus differently. So let's start. First of all, almost everyone in the population has heard and experienced the sensation of hearing something that's not in their environment. They're only hearing it internally. And that could be the sound of their heartbeat. 
It could be the sounds of the muscles in their ear that are moving, um, usually in very quiet. And also usually after being somewhere very loud, like if you left a super loud party and now you're in quiet, it's almost like the ears are recalibrating and coming back to that. So many of us will experience it when we're tired or stressed, and then it just goes away. It comes, it goes, we don't pay much attention to it. So in that sense, I think many people can relate and, and have it identify with the experience of tinnitus, but then a small percentage of the population has very distressing tinnitus where those sounds are constant, they're bothersome, they're distracting, and they could even keep them from sleeping. So that's, that's where we have to start. <laughs> you know, from up here and then come down to who really needs the extra uh, intervention. Yeah, but at least sounds mm -hmm. like there's sometimes we we want to uh, really check out the physical part, see whether there's any uh, anything really going wrong with any of the, the parts involved in our auditory processing, but it may go beyond that generally, right? It may not just yes. because oh, our organ has something wrong with it. Maybe it's a, it's a whole complex, uh, complex or complicated picture we have to consider. But for tinnitus, um, it's interesting when you talk about hearing the sound internally. I definitely have that experience. I'm sure everyone have that experience here and there. So for tinnitus, is that something super wrong? Is that a huge problem if you constantly hearing something internally that bother you to a, a certain point that it doesn't means, you know, um, you are experiencing something horrible. You have to find a doctor, do an operation or something to help you out. That is the best question. That's exactly the question that everybody wants to know. Is there something wrong with me? Am I dying? Am I sick? Do I have a tumor? Like those are the questions people come in with because it is, it can be so distressing and, and, and bothersome. What am I hearing? Am I going crazy? People have all these questions. And it's very important for us to know that there's stages in this process where we first have to do the medical workup. And we do need a hearing test and see, is there a hearing loss component that we can help and manage and treat that? Many times that's it. When you help with the hearing, hearing loss, it actually helps them with the tinnitus because of the theory that uh, maybe like there's a phantom, like, uh, for an example, if someone loses a limb and then they have pain in the phantom limb. So in the ear, when we have hearing loss, it's because those hair cells have died or aren't working properly. And so the brain is looking for input from those sounds and it makes it up itself. It creates the, its own sounds. That's one of the theories about kind of where the tinnitus might come from. So in the case of hearing loss, that helps a lot of people when they start to use hearing aids and introduce more sounds in their ear, then they kind of drown out the tinnitus and it doesn't bother them as much. But for other people, they continue on with the diagnostics and maybe they'll have an MRI or a CAT scan Maybe they'll have a you know, bigger workup with an ENT to see if there is something physically going on. And there can be tumors on the eighth nerve, not necessarily ones that are uh, emergency, but you know, there's different things we have to look at. And sometimes that, that's the case. But even when that's the case, you need to find out, is there something to do medically or are we cleared? Do you kind of have medical clearance that this is not a medical issue? 
And then that's when we come into the world of audiology counseling and tinnitus therapy, which is to teach people that once you've gotten the clearance, this tinnitus is not harming you. The tinnitus is kind of a, a natural body sound that for some reason in your system, the volume got turned up. So now let's try to investigate. Has your stress changed? Did you have a very significant medication or surgery change? Was there a life event that was incredibly stressful? The loss of a loved one moving, I mean, pandemic life, I'm sure has affected this, the, the way people are experiencing their sound environment. And what ends up happening is that there becomes this very negative feedback loop of, I hear it, now I'm worried about it, and I think it's something wrong, so I hear it even louder because I'm giving it more and more cognitive resources. The more we pay attention to something, the more the brain says, this is important, pay attention. So in many ways, there's a, comp a comparison to chronic pain in any, maybe muscle pain, back pain, or things like that, where yes, there's going to be a percentage of people that need musculoskeletal surgery or you know, really have an issue. But for a lot of other people, it's their way of life and their, the way they sit and the stress that they hold. And what we help them with is by managing their holistic everything, their mind, their body, their soul, their relationships. So when you look at it that way, you start to introduce how can we manage this? How can we work with it? Um, how can we be friends with it? <laughs> when you know that it's not harming you, it can change your relationship to the tinnitus. That's part of the, the therapy that I work with people, uh, even on Zoom internationally. And there's a lot of incredible people in this field around the world. Not every audiologist specializes in this field, uh, but when somebody is ready to say, I, I, don't want to, I don't need someone to fix me, but I need help how to manage this, then that's when they're really ready to go on that journey and go in that process. Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, so sounds like it's more about how to live my life still very well with it, live with it. Kind of acceptance we talk about in psychology. I accept this condition is there, but it won't ruin my life. I can still function. I can still enjoy. I can still do whatever I am, even though sometimes the sound constantly on the background. When you talk, it reminds me people always complaining about like where our attention is, right? So I would imagine for people with tinnitus internally, if they pay attention to it all the time, it must feel louder and louder to them and more annoying to them. Just like we habituate to almost everything where when you put on your shoes for the first three minutes, maybe you feel that you're wearing shoes, but then the whole rest of the day, you don't really think about it. And then when you think about it again is when you take off your shoes. Ah, I took off my shoes, now I'm relaxed. And you feel that there was tension there, but unless your shoes are too tight, you don't really think about it all day. So it's kind of that same thing where we say, you know, you hear the tinnitus when you, maybe when you wake up or maybe when you're in your car and it's quiet, you just come in the car and you hear this ringing. Okay. So maybe turn on the radio and, and, you know, uh, neutralize the emotional reaction to the tinnitus. Cause may, many times people are suffering from their, their fear that the tinnitus is harmful and they're suffering from their uh, hopelessness that it's never going to go away 
they're not actually suffering from the tinnitus. And that's why in the beginning I said, we have to rule out that it's really not a sign of something medically serious. But then after that, um, and for a very, very small portion of the population, but very significant for them, people who have extremely loud perception and it's very severe, we have to really work in a team together to support them because you're not going to say to a person who's actively suffering, oh, change your mind. You know, it's not an easy thing, um, but we can do cognitive behavioral therapy, acceptance and commitment therapy, exactly what you talked about to try and change those loops. And there's an incredible audiologist in Australia whose name is Joey Remini. I have her book. It's called Rock Steady. I wanted to show that and talk about it. And this book um, has impacted so many thousands of people around the world where she talks about neuroplasticity and how we can change our reaction in the way our brain reacts to what's happening by addressing all the areas of our life, the emotional, the spiritual, the mental, and the physical. And lots of times doctors and people who come to doctors and medical world, the medical model is that there's only that, just the medicine, just the body. Unfortunately, there's so many, um, I want to say scams <laughs> and people who say, take this supplement and this vitamin and this, I don't know, plant um, that will cure your tinnitus, cure your tinnitus. And, and the people who will get those things, they're desperate. They really want relief. But then when they do those things and try those, and they of course don't work, then it creates more and more feedback and attention to, I took the supplement and it didn't work. It got worse. I'm going to take another supplement. I'm going to go to this person and that person I'm going in that, in that uh, kind of rat race towards trying to relieve the symptom instead of actually coming to the root. I, I feel like I it definitely can connect with that so deeply. It feels like it's very similar to treating sleep is the more you you rely on something externally to really help you you just got yourself in a loop and it just you want more and more if it does not work you lose hope very quickly because you you don't learn how to really um deal with it how to trust your own body yourself's ability that basically you are not empowering yourself you are relying on whatever you can grab a doctor a supplement or whatever you think this is going to be the cure for me or this is going to be the temporary solution for me when you i really like when you mentioned the music because first when you mentioned the turn the music on i would imagine a lot of people think well my the sound in my ear inside of me is so loud i need to use external sound or maybe a music more pleasant stuff to balance it but i i think it's really important for people to remember like what you said it's it's more about neutralizing your emotional reaction like how you perceive the situation to it not really internally it's loud. So I put something loud outside. So it's balanced. The sound is balanced, not that. You spoke exactly about a very common approach, which is called tinnitus retraining therapy. And that is a, um, a modality that also uses maskers, these kind of hearing aid like devices, but they just produce sound throughout the day, either white noise or different uh, chimes or like waterfall or whatever, <laughs> different sounds. And it's called a tinnitus masker. 
And this helps some people, but in, in the long term, I agree with you that it does what you said, which is I'm going to make it louder than the tinnitus, then the tinnitus gets louder, and then the massacre needs to be louder. And now you've created a monster even bigger than what you had before, if it's not together with also this kind of uh, investigative, holistic approach of we're going to do this for now, and we're going to try to manage so that you can maybe sleep and work for people who are really struggling. Um, but not just here, take your masker and that's going to be your life now that you always have to have sounds to cover up the sound. And uh, every time you go to an appointment to get that fixed, you're now giving that pathway more and more power <laughs> of I need to fix this or, you know, even tinnitus support groups sometimes are a problem because <laughs> coming to the support group, you're giving it more and more attention. You're hearing other people's stories and, and you're fueling all the attention on the tinnitus instead of fueling all your attention on healing and what you want to be feeling, what you want to be experiencing. So yeah, I'm glad you picked up on that about the music. I wasn't saying just turn the music so it's louder. I was saying turn the music so you're now in a pleasant drive and, and only listen to music you like. <laughs> Don't put on music just to have music because that's how you get your tinnitus to be quiet. Put on something you enjoy. Right. The enjoying part is very important. I think it's it's related to people's hopelessness. It's if people yeah. feel like, oh, I have this condition, I keep on hearing this, it ruined my life, then they are missing out their own ability that actually they can always still enjoy life no matter what, right? They kind of like forget about that and stuck in this uh, unpleasant experience. And maybe the more attention you give to things you enjoy, the more you will enjoy those things. Right. And uh, I, I definitely had people, they came in for anxiety, but in the process for a short period of time, they have this uh, tinnitus-like symptoms. And uh, I, they, I definitely noticed when they were able to do a lot of positive self-talk, try to move on with life, enjoy other things, they actually did a great job, did not like really need me to guide them too much themselves, trying to, you know, not pay attention to this too much, not really think it's a disaster or anything. And then actually they did report the sound that gets lower and lower. And uh, even though it's still there, but it really does not bother them anymore or not as much as time goes on. And, and I just also want to be very clear that we're not saying don't feel difficult things and, and just ignore hard things at all. In fact, the opposite. Sometimes we focus on the physical thing that's happening or the symptom. And really what we, what it's doing is it's, we're not giving ourselves the space to feel whatever it is we're feeling in the moment. So people start to track that one of the exercises we do is like over a week track, when are the times that you have the tinnitus the loudest, or when is it the most bothersome together with how are you feeling? What happened in that hour? And people start to make connections with, Oh, it's every time I get really stressed out uh, really early in the morning when I'm busy, busy, busy with my kids and getting ready in the morning. And then it happens again when I get home from work and they start to see the connections of maybe some of the times they try to uh, not be focused, not be present in life, that's when all of a sudden their tinnitus is there. Um, so actually one of the things that Joey says is feeling is healing. 
And it's one of my favorite lines since hearing her say that we have to feel all of our, of our emotions. And I think with sleep, it's much the same that we have to keep track and sometimes like focus on it for a few days or weeks to see what are all the other factors around it. Right. We do have sleep log. I think very similar to what you say. We encourage people to really uh, track their sleep for several weeks, understand the pattern, understand their sleep habits around it. And then we can really tailor the treatment plan to meet their own individual needs. So I really like that feeling is healing. Too many people are so tend to run away. It's easy, right? I just run away from things, avoid it. I don't want to look at it. I pretend it's not there. But if we don't face it, the healing process won't start. And our bodies are so wise and they send us messages. And this is when I start to say, wait, I am a scientist. You know, I, I have some conflict with the talking about just only spiritual things. But there's a place where we can integrate, where we can, we can say this and this. We're both, we're bodies. We're also more than bodies. We're, you know, our souls and our people, whatever that means to you. So when, when you... Uh, you know, many ancient traditions will say that if your eye hurts, then you had a bad eye on somebody. Or if your mouth, you know, you're, you have a toothache, maybe you spoke unwell. I'm not going that far. I don't know if I'm going to make a one-to-one, but there's some wisdom there that sometimes the body wants you to pay attention. Listen, listen to me, sending you a message. Stop, relax. You're working too hard. You're too stressed out. <laughs> yeah, we all need to learn how to listen to our body, right? No matter it's for whatever reason, sleep or other health-related concerns or nutrition, all that. Our body actually really sensitive, knows how to communicate with us. A lot of time we just ignore those signals. Even our hunger signals, I think, is a major one in, in the world, is that we, we don't really eat because we're hungry. And we don't really understand what it means to be full. And in this experience, that's been part of my personal growth journey of learning what that means, my relationship to food and learning what it means to wake up actually hungry for breakfast and understanding, hey, these are signals that I have not been paying attention to, not been, um, you know, the society does not really support. You kind of, you have a lunch time. What do you mean when you need to eat? Like there's a time on the clock. So it's like part of industrialization in a big way. Yeah. So it sounds like as a uh, audiologist, you actually are quite equipped with not only the medical part to check out uh, all these concerns, but you can also provide what you call audiology counseling to patients with conditions such as tinnitus. Exactly. Yes. So I want to know how people can find professionals like you that they can trust, that uh, you know what you can do, you, you know what you are doing, right? Um, but how patients can, when they have this kind of concern from all over the world, and uh, um, what are some things they should pay attention to when they are looking for a decent expert in this field just like you? Okay, one of the first things to do is to uh, know that many, many, many medical professionals are not aware of this field. And even ENTs, even you know, doctors who are specialized in the ear and the brain, 
might have different approaches and they might say, yeah, you have to live with it. There's nothing we can do. Uh, go away. <laughs> because if they don't have a, they don't have a medicine or a surgery, that's what um, physicians are trained, especially surgeons are trained to do surgeries, to diagnose and treat in that, in that modality. And that's amazing. We need that. Of course. Thank you to our doctors and all of our healthcare professionals. But when it's talking about something that's more of a quality of life and experience, um, then it's really important to find someone who knows that, who is trained on that, who's had experience with that. So um, looking up in, in your area, your local uh, associations, tinnitus associations, and reading or speaking to the provider to hear what's their approach, even before you come in, if all they're doing is selling tinnitus maskers, then that's one part of it. And see, do they also talk about the other part? Sometimes audiologists uh, who will refer to other kinds, other counselors and say, you know, this is not my area of expertise, but I'm happy to pass you on to someone who is doing this. And I think there's a lot of power in knowing that you can choose your provider. And if you don't like what they do or you're not comfortable there, then you choose someone else, especially now when even you could do Zoom with anyone in the world and get telehealth in that way. Right. So it sounds like first, you need to find a licensed provider like you. And second, uh, you have to understand this whole approach yourself a little bit. First, I think patients need to educate themselves that there's hope, there's treatment. It's not rely on just medication. It's not just rely on this uh, maskers, like using other louder sounds to help you all day long. There are other approach that can really help you. So use that to choose your provider's approach, see whether this is someone can offer you more resources. Yes. Hope, hope, hope. That's yeah. the biggest message. I hope more people can hear. Definitely. Yeah. No matter what you're dealing with, if it's tinnitus or if it's anything else, uh, even when a doctor says there's nothing they can do, <laughs> they don't have all the power. They don't have all the answers. You have the answers also. Yeah. Heart and what you want in your life, what changes need to be made. There is hope. Yes. And especially nowadays online, there are a lot of good resources, right? I think a lot of doctors have their own limit and they may have certain like uh, lack of certain trainings in certain specialty areas. So you can always search online, find more information and your podcast is going to be a great resource for them all. So if any of our listeners, you know, nowadays on online Zoom, that's awesome. Can they find you to seek your help or do they Absolutely. have to live in your state or does not, does not matter? So um, it would depend. We need to talk uh, personally to see what's what they need. But I have I have worked with people from around the world um, and they can reach me at allaboutaudiology.com and on Instagram, all about audiology podcast. I hang out there. I answer all my DMs. So anyone is free to send me any questions and I have a gift for your listeners. Oh, if you go to allaboutaudiology.com slash tinnitus then you'll have a, a guide there, a free gift with some resources and something you can download for, for some support. Oh, that's awesome. I have to put that link to the show notes. So when people listen to it and in the description box, so people listen to this podcast, they will get to your website, get to that very nice um, 
guide so they can know more about this. Thank you so much. Great. Yeah, so nice to have you. Any last wisdom to our listeners um, after all this wonderful information? Any last key points you really want to emphasize? Yes. One of my biggest messages in my podcast and in my work is that you are the expert in you. You are, for parents, you are the expert of your child. All the other people that studied many different things, they became experts in their field and you work with them, you're partners with them, you want them on your team. But at the end of the day, as a parent or as a patient, you are the expert about your experience and your life. And remember that, don't give away the power, hold it and use other people as your, uh, your teammates <laughs> rather than help me, you have the answers and I am inferior. Also, that's culturally different cultures will have that where there's more authority to the to the providers. Uh, but I think we have more room to remember everyone's humanity. Everyone is doing their best. They studied so they know a lot. But you are yourself and you know a lot about yourself. So <laughs> work together. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's so empowering. Trust ourselves and don't give up and just go with like what you need and really pull more resources to really help ourselves. Thank you so much, Dr. Saperstein, for coming to our show today. Thank you for having me. I look forward to meeting and hearings from some of you. <laughs> yeah, hopefully someone will reach out to you for help. Thank you. So what is one thing you take away from our conversation today? Please let me know. Leave me a message or email me. If you want to know more about audiology, check out All About Audiology. At the end of today's show, I want to make an announcement. I made an online course to improve our sleep quality in Mandarin Chinese. So if you speak Chinese and you have some sleep problems, you want to see how you can improve it on your own, please feel free to check out my online course at mindbodygarden.com slash s-h-i-m-i-a-n you can also find the course information on our show note at deepintosleep.co thank you for your support to my deep into sleep podcast i'm your host ishan i will see you next week sleep is an individual thing we all sleep differently and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, 
Go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co forward slash insomnia.